Welcome, everybody, to Free Basketball. This is the Sweet 16 edition of March Madness. I may sound a little different. It's because I'm traveling with my family. We are actually on vacation. We are heading down uh, to the deep, deep south, Biloxi, Mississippi. Plan on being at some actual sports books for these Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday games. So it's going to be a fun weekend with the family. We're getting a couple families together. So it's going to be good to see some friends um tomorrow and it'll be a good time but that's why i sound different on the road uh so if you get a kid or two in the back sorry uh but you understand if you've ever traveled to kids you know how that is i do want to do a quick look at the sweet 16 uh didn't work out where our guests could come back on we just had uh, a lot of conflicting schedules over this past week so i'm just going to do it by solo real quick so this is going to probably be a pretty quick episode but sweet 16 starting with the thursday games we got 6 p.m tip off arkansas razorbacks versus the gonzaga bulldogs current line for this is it has kind of fluctuated back and forth it started all the way at gonzaga minus 10 it came down to eight and a half now it's kind of settled at nine and a half last i looked at the lines over of 155 and a half uh, the sec as we know has not had a very good tournament being upset pretty early notably kentucky and Auburn's being the first ones to go, Tennessee losing to a um, probably a more quality opponent in Michigan than, say, uh, what Auburn and um, Kentucky did. Uh, so I don't know what this feels about Arkansas. Brandon, when we did the pod talking about the opening round, the upsets, he really liked Arkansas. I kind of wish he was on here so I could see if he still felt the same about them. Because I have a feeling he's a little down on them. And I think a lot of people are going to kind of, I think it's why this line fluctuated. To go from 10 to 8.5, oh, we like Arkansas. They play kind of a similar style to Memphis. And they're bigger. And they're from the SEC. They've got to be better, right? And then you watch them play against a similar size team in New Mexico State. And Arkansas can barely score. So it's like, wait a second. If they can't score against New Mexico State, What are they going to do against Gonzaga, who's an actual team who can both play defense and score on offense? (laughs) So I think that's why this is fluctuated. I mean, I think Gonzaga is going to win the game. If I had to lean, I would lean towards Gonzaga to actually cover, which most teams with these kind of spreads have not covered so far in the tournament. Um, But I think everyone's going to play this over 155 and a half. I guess I get it if it's an up and down run run and gun game, but my guess is that it's actually slower. I do not think it's going to be a repeat of Memphis Gonzaga, and that's where everybody scored on that over. So I'd actually lean under, which I think is fading a lot of people. Next game, the 629 tip off Michigan versus Villanova. This line started real high, five and a half for Villanova, came down to four and a half. It's 135 and a half total over under last time I checked. Um, not going to be able to check it, obviously, on the road. So hopefully these numbers aren't too far off. But Michigan has had a dream kind of run here, playing an overseeded Colorado State. The committee did not do Colorado State any favors, putting them as a sixth seed, and then getting a dream matchup draw against Tennessee. Now, Tennessee, that game was a toss-up. It was back and forth. Either team could have won. Michigan just got the survive and advance luck of March Madness factor uh, with hitting that running hook shot from the baseline and everything kind of broke that way. Could easily been Tennessee, but both Tennessee and Michigan match up very interestingly with Villanova because I felt all year that the Big East in general was overrated, but 
They've got a couple teams in the Sweet 16 here that have actually looked pretty good. So maybe it's uh, I undervalued them. Villanova, though, is a bunch of guards, and they will slow you down, beat you up, and try to back you down and then kick out to a wide-open guy if you double. Uh, Michigan, it's big post player, Hunter Dickinson. Um, and if they have been force-feeding him in the paint, Michigan just has not been a great three-point shooting team this year for when the doubles come for Villanova from all different angles. He's, a, he's gotten a lot better, good passer, good finisher, but is he going to be able to find those shooters? I'm not sure that he will, and if he does, I don't know if Michigan is good enough to knock them down. I think the kind of X factor in this game is if uh, Brooks and Caleb Houston from Michigan just have one of those variance games where they're hot. Uh, so this is a good chance for Caleb Houston to have his coming out party, and hopefully he shoots fire. But I think Villanova wins the game. I actually lean to Villanova to cover, and I actually lean for this game to go over the 135 and a half. Texas Tech and Duke. We see Texas Tech as a one and a half point favorite, and it pretty. I think it came out the line basically at Pickham, and then it moved to one and a half very quickly to Texas Tech's favor, and it has not budged. Uh, over under 136 and a half. Texas Tech, it's weird that they're favored. They should have lost to Notre Dame. Notre Dame had them on the ropes, and now they're favored against the Duke team that Duke tortured Notre Dame uh, a couple times. Maybe torture is not the bad word, but I believe they beat them the both times that they played them. Uh, this game is at 839 again. I forgot to say that. Um, but this is a big fade Coach K spot. I know there's a lot of stats out there. Coach K is like 0-5 on the West Coast. He's never won out there. This is his last year. Is it going to be fixed? I talked about that with the postmortem. Are some of these games just feel fixed to anybody? Uh, so if it's fixed, then Coach K advances. And this wrong team is favored. But I think everyone's kind of riding the, def the defense of Texas Tech saying that Duke is kind of a more ISO-heavy team, not a great three-point shooting team. There is a big question mark with A.J. Griffin's injury if he's going to actually play. If he doesn't play, that is a huge loss. My guess is that he will actually play. And I actually think Duke wins the game, so I think this is wrong team favored. I get it. The one and a half for Texas Tech is super appealing. If A.J. Griffin is out, I think it's a virtual lock for Texas Tech to win this game and cover the points, but with the question mark of A.J. Griffin, I guess we'll find out tomorrow if he's going to play or not. If he plays, I like Duke. If he doesn't, give me Texas Tech. And I've seen a lot of people riding the over in this game. I just, watching that Notre Dame-Texas Tech, I, I just, I have a feeling Texas Tech does not want this to get in the 60s. And I think Duke is a little more competent on defense with Mark Williams in there shot blocking. Um, to keep this in the 50s and early 60s. But if it's close, of course, we're going to get the late free throw push. So that could be the scary part of this. But I would lean to the under on the 136 and give me the Duke to cover the one half Duke money line. The final game of the night, 859, it's Houston versus Arizona. Arizona only laying one and a half points. Total 145 and a half. Such a short uh, line for a number one seed. Uh, but I think the, everybody is kind of seeing how Arizona played against a smaller, not smaller, but more small ball lineup that just pounded them on the offensive glass in TCU and think, late. 
hold on a second. Houston's better than TCU. There's no way. They, Arizona should have lost. Uh, I think this line is too short for Arizona. I would give Arizona the cover. I think a lot of people are actually picking Houston to win, and I get it. You want to look at the correlation of TCU and Houston, but I don't think there's that much of a correlation. I think TCU is a deeper team. Houston has lost two of their starters, and I don't think they're a very deep team, and they have not been pushed um, by a team in that has pushed them in foul trouble. Illinois couldn't do it. Um, certainly a uh, team that UAB was just kind of all out of sorts if you watch that game round one. Um, so I, they have not been pushed by a athletic team that will pound them in the glass. But if Houston gets hot from three, like they had the first two games of tournament, that is danger time. So I, I'm very interested by, by this game, but I think everyone's kind of overrating the correlation of Houston uh, compared to TCU if that makes sense. So give me Arizona to cover. Um, I like the over and that the 145 and a half. Now, Friday, St. Peter's Purdue, 609. Does the dream run continue for St. Peter's? Everyone tells you it's not going to happen. They have Purdue as 12 and a half point favorites and over under 136 and a half. Look, Purdue, we get it. It's all offense. Zach Eady in the paint. Just pound it inside. Let's get fouled a lot. That's what happened against Texas. They shot 33 for 46 from free throws against Texas. But I, I, I think people who have talked about this game, they're still underrating St. Peter's for what they can do. St. Peter's is a really good team at defending the three. three the, like one of the best. I think teams average 29% on the year from three when they played St. Peter's. And they do well defending the rim. Now, I did get into everybody's talking about the fouls from uh, St. Peter's against Kentucky. Well, Kentucky just missed free throws. They were just doing a lot of stupid stuff. I mean, Kentucky shot 35 free throws in that loss to St. Peter's. They went 23 of 35. So 66% isn't great, but it's not horrid. Um, so I think that's the thing that's being overrated about this. The problem for the, the uh, Kentucky was they were four for 15 from three, 27%. Uh, Murray State, eight for 24 from three, 33%. So Murray State wasn't abysmal, but was definitely below their regular season average. This is what St. Peter's does to teams. And if Purdue does not have the three to bail them out, what are they? It's just throw the ball down into Zach Eddy, okay? So... I don't know. I, I'm not going to say St. Peter's is going to win, but I definitely don't think Purdue's going to cover the 12 and a half. Now, uh, so I lean St. Peter's to cover the 12 and a half, and I like the under 136 and a half. A lot of people are going over, I think, on that game. A lot of times when these 15 seeds get into the scenario, they just step up too high in a level and they just get absolutely murdered. And it's possible they went home all week, partied probably. Shouldn't be here, blah, blah, blah. But I think Shaheen Holloway has that team focused. I would be surprised if they got blown out by 30, which probably means that's actually going to happen. But, oh, well, good run, Peacocks. Uh, Providence versus Kansas, 629 game. Kansas, seven and a half favorites, 141 and a half over under. I can only lean Providence this to go in from the team that was going to learn, lose in the first round to South Dakota State to absolutely stomping Richmond. Look. Maybe they just caught a break. I certainly didn't think South Dakota State was that good. I watched them a couple times and was like, look, 
I, I get it. Providence is quote unquote lucky, the most lucky team in the in the in the uh, uh, in college basketball this year. But look, South Dakota State wasn't that great. All right, and then Richmond beats Iowa. Richmond not that great. So maybe this is a dream draw for Providence, but it's also a dream draw for Kansas, who has looked, I think, very mediocre. And then Lafonso Ellis, after his first day one uh, observations, he says he his most team he's interested by was Kansas. Same Remy Martin when he's going. Remy Martin sucks. All right. If you watch Kansas or if you watch Remy Martin, Arizona State, give me a break. That dude is trash. So I think Providence could win this game outright. I think these teams are about evenly matched. Kansas will have a little bit of a size advantage with Ochai Abaji on the wing um, and McLemore at center, but McLemore has no skill. And I'd be interested to see if Providence shoot well enough from three to actually pull off this upset because I don't think Kansas is very good. Give me Providence seven and a half. And I do like the over 141 and a half in that one. This is one of my favorite games. These last two games are two of my favorite. North Carolina versus UCLA. That game tips at 839 p.m. UCLA still a short favorite minus two and a half over under 142 and a half. Interesting thing about this UCLA or UNC. Is this a dream run for them? Uh, destroying Marquette. Ba- essentially destroying Baylor. Just fell apart when two of their starters went out. But they won. And now they get a UCL t- UCLA team who might be without their best player in this tournament so far, and Jaime Jaquez. Uh, I would assume Jaime Jaquez is playing. But here's the thing about UCLA. They don't turn the ball over. UNC doesn't create turnovers. So to me, this is going to be a make-or-miss winner. Whoever is just shooting better from the floor is going to win. So can you generate enough easy baskets to survive a cold shooting spell? And UNC probably has more of that, where they have the ability to survive a cold shooting streak. If Jaime Hawkes was 100%, I would say it would be UCLA because he can just back people down in the post and get to uh, his spots. But Johnny Juzang has not been great. Tiger Campbell has been pretty good so far in the tournament. Uh, Peyton Watson's been kind of a disappointment all year for UCLA as a highly touted freshman. But UNC just has a bunch of guys who are older. And is Brady Manick going to still be on fires at pick and pop four or five? Um, we'll see. I, I UNC, I, I have a hard time seeing UCLA win this game unless UNC is cold from three, which I think is actually a high probability. So I'm actually taking UCLA to win the game. Um, I'm not sure if I want to lay the points with UCLA, but – I actually like the under, the 142 and a half, because I could see this just being kind of a a brick fest until the end. Um, so lean slight under there. I actually have to lean to UNC to cover the two and a half. I know it's short. Why not just take the money line? I just think this could be one of those weird whoever has the ball last kind of things. Um, last game, Iowa State, Miami at game tips, 859. My most intriguing matchup of the night. Not saying it'll be the best game because I think Iowa State sucks, but tips at 8.59. Miami is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Total over-under is 133-and-a-half. Iowa State has a game gotten out of the 60s. Uh, Miami, high-flying. Their offense has looked great. This is one of the Kim Palm upset candidates, the top 75 offense. Uh, Iowa State wants to play dirty. They want to play so. They want to grind you out. 
they want to uh my Iowa State's one of the best three point um defensive teams. Good thing for Miami is they're not a great three point shooting team. They have lived in the two point range and Iowa State is doesn't have the size for that. So I expect Miami to dominate this game. Give me Miami in the two and a half. And I like the under the 133 and a half. I just don't think Iowa State's going to be able to score any points. I mean, one point at one game this year, they scored 38 points, not saying or 39 points, something like that against Oklahoma State. Not saying Miami is a defensive juggernaut. I just think the magic run for Iowa State's over. And I think they suck. Uh, so that's the Sweet 16. Winners for those games for Thursday night, Gonzaga, Villanova, Duke, Arizona. Sounds chalk. I know. I get it. I'm sorry. Friday, want to say St. Peter's, but Purdue, Providence. Yes, Providence to win. UCLA, Miami. So that's the Sweet 16. Hope everybody enjoys that in the lead eight. We'll be back next week. Here we go.